Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember... I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not Independence of me, Ernest Hancock, and another independence declared kind of individual, oh, Jim Gale. Now, Jim Gale and I have not talked before other than, you know, the pre-show and uh, a couple of texts and so on, but let me tell you what happened. You know, James Corbett was like, man, you got to talk to Jim Gale. You know, then we stopped by and saw Richard Lisa Grove. Oh, you got to talk to Jim Gale. Then, you know, we were talking to Joby Weeks, your good friend, and kind of, yeah, hey, you got to talk to Jim Gale. And I'm like, all right, who the heck is Jim Gale? Oh, my God. So then we find out Food Forest in Florida, near Orlando. I'm originally from Florida until I was 12. We moved to Arizona. My mother's family was in Florida. my father's family. So growing up until I was, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old, I know Florida, okay? I've, I've been around in the in the woods a lot as a kid back when you used to be able to you know, go play in the woods. And, you know, it grows everywhere. Everything grows wet, 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 and rust. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. Humidity, rust, you know, and growing food everywhere. Now, it's 40 to 60 inches of rain, as I remember. I mean, it depends. I mean, it's a lot. Arizona, eh, not so much, okay? So can we transfer a lot of this over there? Of course you can. You know, it's in Arizona, a lot of people don't know. It's number one in lettuce during season. It's number, you know, one, two in cotton. It's number two or three, depending on the weather in Florida and California, for citrus. You add water, it grows in Arizona, okay? Just say it. So this is a, and it's dry. Yay, I'm looking forward to going back to that. So we're in Pennsylvania now on our way back. We got Midfest to hit. We're going to visit some friends and so on. By Halloween, we're going to be back in Arizona, IA, and we start the build. Now, this is very interesting. You know, just to remind some of you guys, well, what we're doing is this. Now, this is going to be, you know, it's kind of like this. It's a little bit more foliage, but we need help to make sure that our land feeds us. This is, you know, kind of, we're going to have a nice homestead kind of thing. We've done this before when we were in Arizona. A lot of the people have visited us for 10 years we were at a uh, place in northwest Phoenix. We had two acres, and uh, a lot of people had horses around us. We had goats and chickens and aquaponics and tried a bunch of stuff, so we know what the land can do. Now, there are people that do kind of this food stuff in Arizona, so we're kind of familiar with some of the plants, but food forest 
does it all over the world. They have people and infrastructure and installers and, and expertise all over the world. And there's deserts all over the world. Okay? So we want to get... Now, let's go ahead and give you a quick introduction to Jim. He's an outdoor enthusiast, entrepreneur, permaculture expert, financial expert, husband, father, friend, four-time All-American national champion wrestler. And I wrestled in high school four years. I know, you know the discipline that takes and the uh, work. Man, I, I get it. we got a lot of things in common. Jim has spent his adult life exploring. He backpacked through 37 countries, lived with the Maasai. Desert. Yep, yep. How to get, get stuff. Experienced island life in Hawaii for a time, all learning about cultures and fine-tuning his interest. At 29... He set new goals, starting with, I want to be retired in three years. Then created a billion-dollar mortgage company in three years, helping him accomplish that life goal. Following the achievement of his mortgage success, he bought a boat and lived on the ocean for a year, then moved to Costa Rica to build eco-villages where he discovered permaculture. This was a life-changing experience. The aha moment where he set a new mission to bring this concept to every household in the world. And Viola, Food Forest Abundance, was born. Jim is a sought-after motivational speaker who discusses self-reliance, entrepreneurship, food independence, supply, sovereignty, and a grow freedom mindset. I highlighted that, grow freedom mindset, Jim, because I remember... There was a guy did a TED Talk. He's out of L.A. And he goes, you ain't gangsta unless you're growing money. You know, you're, you're growing food. Because in the, the ghettos and so on, he's going, it's just, you know, fried chicken in liquor stores. And he's going, they need to have some real food. And the city was getting on his crap, that little strip of land between the sidewalk and the road. Oh, you're responsible for that. Okay, so he planted food, and then the city of Los Angeles went after him. And at the same time in Arizona, they were kind of, eh, about this chicken thing, you know, so they kind of relaxed that a little bit. And then, oh, my God, somebody was growing tomatoes in their front yard. You're not allowed to do that, you know. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, what the crap. So this is, we are on the same wavelength. And all our political activism and traveling and everything that we've done has moved us towards this. That's why all the people I talk to, our friends, the you know uh, influencers and so on, say we should talk because I've been yakking this for years and we're getting ready to start it. So what I want you to do is go ahead. A lot of questions from me is going to be why. Why you even cared? Where did you get this philosophy, this freedom-oriented, leave-me-aloneism? And in your presentation, video presentation you did on Narcopoco, you had the American peace flag. I mean, you're you're going all in, man. You're going, they're the evil empire of, and we're going, ah, food, okay? So for the past couple of years, I've been screaming, this whole thing that you see going on, it's going to be a food thing. You know, it's going to come down to food. They're going to control with food. You know, I have, oh, Donna, hand me that book. You know, you know, there was, I just saw, oh, yeah, here it is. Okay, I got it right here. You know, my wife and mother-in-law and their family are from the Ukraine area. So my wife got her this book, Red Famine, Stalin's War in Ukraine. So my mother-in-law, she's just like, Eh, you know, crazy libertarian thing, right? She read this book, 
And she's like, whoa, because I kept saying it's going to be a food thing. And from her heritage and family members that she knew when she was little being t- told about this by grandparents and everything, what, what happened, you start to see it. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the book and yeah. see how Stalin did because I can feel it coming. It's a control thing. So we're taking away their control, occupying the land, getting away from their central authority. Off, we're not off the grid. We're above the grid. I mean, we're just like you know, need not apply. With this mindset and introduction, I'm looking for you to help us get in your head. How it is that you evolved to this from your successes and other things, why this was such a passion for you, and how it is that you came to, you know, voluntarist, leave me aloneist, anarchist, whatever you want to call itist, you know, mindset, and why is it you're in America, in Florida? Why, 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 why? So answer all my whys for me, will you, Mr. Gale? Oh, thank you, Ernest. I sure as heck will. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited because. During this show, we are going to lay out the strategy and the tactics that will change the world. And I say that with knowing, with certainty, because it's so simple, right? It was about uh, 2007. I was living in Costa Rica. I had money and I had time. And I was at a little expat meeting um, where we used to go sit and just BS and talk about whatever. And some guys at the end of the table said that 9-11 was an inside job. And I sat back with a smirk and then they kept talking about it. And I finally stood up and I laughed. I said, you guys are full of it. I said, there's no way that could be the truth because it would take too many people to pull it off. I was ignorant. I did not understand compartmentalization. I did not know that JP Morgan and his crew had purchased All of the mainstream media, a 100 years previous, I did not know the book 1984 or that it was already happening by the time the book was written. I did not. I didn't know any of that stuff. But then they told me to go watch a movie, a film, a documentary called Zeitgeist. And I went and watched that. And my world changed that day. And I then went into a period of cognitive dissonance. I said, how is this possible? Everything we've been taught, well, I didn't quite go that far yet. In fact, here's how ignorant I was. When Obama got elected, which was the year later, I had tears of joy, right? That is my level of insane ignorance (laughs) because I thought it was the Bush family that did it. I didn't recognize at that point that governmente is our adversary in this game of life. And so then when Obama got elected, I was happy and cheering. And then he went and destroyed all of these countries. And that's when I woke up. It was somewhere around 2008, nine, when I started really waking up. And it has been a process ever since. At the same time, I was developing these eco-villages and I bought a cattle pasture. And my intention, my vision for this cattle pasture was to put fruit trees and all of the incredible fruits of Costa Rica up and down every fairway, take the poisons out and turn this cattle pasture into a living golf course with animals and habitat and birds and toucans and parrots everywhere. Well, what happened 
was I, I um, got the attention of some angry environmentalists and they started um, slandering me to the public. And I heard about all this slander. They were very vocal about it. They did not want a golf course in the southern zone of Costa Rica. And so I invited them into my office because I love feedback from critics. It's free. And sometimes they have a point in some way. So I actually invited these two women into my office. And my intention was to inspire them to actually advocate for what we were doing because it was good relative to that cattle pasture. It was amazing. So I did not know about permaculture at the time. Anyway, they came into my office and they yelled at me for about 30, 40 minutes until I finally said, thank you. I've had enough. <laughs> I wiped off the blood and the sweat and the tears. And then they exposed the idea of permaculture to me. Permaculture means permanent culture. It's an agricultural design science. It's a set of ethics and principles. And the ethics are very simple. The ethics are people care, earth care, and this one got me. It's fair share, right? Well, I've changed that. And actually, a lot of the permaculturalists, which is, by the way, a decentralized system of design principles, um, to reinvesting the surplus in ways that do good instead of bad, right? In ways that do not harm people or earth, right? Because what happened in the permaculture movement is a large percentage of permaculture advocates believe in socialism and communism. They believed in sharing at the point of a gun, which is not sharing. It's slavery, right? So I went down the rabbit hole and I had 12 hours a day and I became obsessed. And then I read Bill Mollison's quote. And this one brings tears to my eyes and pause every time. Though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And I started to bawl because I had my first two daughters at that point. My why starts with my family and my love for my family, my friends, and our world. And I decided at that point that I was going to put all of my life's attention into catalyzing shift that results in mass adoption of taking the poisons out and growing food instead of lawns. Now, that's an evolution of the process. It didn't start with that. It just started with, what's the solution? And when somebody's obsessed like I was, Right When I wrote my goals to be a wrestling champion, I became obsessed with it in, in a joyful way. When I wrote my goals to earn $3 million in three years, starting from scratch with no industry knowledge, I became obsessed with it, and, and I enjoyed the process until I didn't, and then I got out of that. Anyway, when my daughters, having them and, and asking the question, what's the world going to be like in 10, 20, 30 years? What's the world of my grandkids going to be like? Well, that question, not knowing the answer to that other than seeing the destruction, yeah. that question created scarcity, right? So I've been rambling on quite a bit there. Do you want to break in? No, I no, 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 you go. Everybody yells at me for interrupting too much. So <laughs> you oh, go, no, man. Oh, no, I love it. So <laughs> any, 
Anytime, just jump in and I can clarify any particular thing. You can go so until you're bored or bored. Upset. I don't care. You know, this is, you keep, all right. go, go, go. I I know the, the all right, let's do this since you, you make you feel comfortable. <clears throat> Passion Love and it. information, so. enthusiasm creates a long monologue. I got a bunch to tell you, okay? Which is why in the pre-show, I wanted to express myself so we kind of understood who each other are. Now I'd be quiet. Everybody yells at me. Let Jim talk, you know? So, see, he gave me an invitation. <laughs> you guys are in trouble. He did it. It was him. But the, uh, no, this is exactly what we need from you is the 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 storyline. You know, how you got to this and the why and the motivation. One of the things that um, is very impactful, I don't, until you have children and you're not a sociopath, I mean, you, you have some empathy for people, you have children, it changes you. It changes the way you look at the future. Five, 10, 20 years is snap of a finger. You're looking at, I have grandchildren now that are in their teens, and I'm going, you know, 10 years from now, they're going to be, I'm going to have great grandkids. Then what? You know, what kind of world are we dealing with? Where are we trending? What's going on? When we started in the late 80s, and I within a few months, I could see what was going on, a bunch of political, you know, scumbags. So as I could see what was in charge of our future, I go, whoa, what the crap? We are going to be in trouble. Donna and I were 28, you know, late 20s, early 30s, about that time. And I knew that by the time our children were our age then, which was 2016, I think, and I go, by the time they're our age, that we are at that time, it's not going to be the same country. They're not going to have the same options. They're not going to have the same you know, uh, abilities to be able and the freedom to and all that. I go, this is a philosophical battle. This is a spiritual battle. This is good evil. And I called them the pointy horn, pointy fang, blood dripping, pointy tail people. I mean, I didn't know how to else to say it. it. They're bad because they don't have, they don't care. You know, they, they'll mow over however many, you know, millions to be able to get, you know, a, a, a gold toothbrush or something. I mean, it's just, these people are messed up in the head. So that's what I knew we were up against. So all of my actives, if I'd known this, I would have focused on this, but we had to go through that and the lockdowns and COVID and 9-11 and, you know, Ruby Ridge and Waco and Oklahoma City body bombing and financial distress and the Federal Reserve and and then their attack on any kind of freedom where people money with crypto or using silver and gold. and do it. It's so obvious what's going on. So those of us that get it, you know, where do we devote our time? Where can we have the most impact? Where can it's decentralization and it's decentralization in power, decentralization in water, food, all shelter. It's all the foundational fundamentals of making humans happy, healthy, and part of their community. Now, of course, libertarians aren't, we're selfish for life, we're selfish for our interests or self, but we're generous. We're giving. We share. We understand it's in our own individual self-interest to be an add to our community. And that is what Food Forest does at a fundamental base level. 
around the world with experts and people willing to help. Now, it's not free. You know, it'd be a business, and we'll talk about that, too. But um, and let's segue into that. Creating this, it's got to be self-sustaining for you. So, it, you know, and it's for you, but the investment people make for it being self-sustaining for them. Now, if they're looking to have help or do this, what resources are available? How much does it cost? Can they do it on their own? Do you have the poor man free PDF or something? I mean, you know, that that kind of stuff. But the big thing with the enthusiasm that you have and the knowledge that you have and the team that you have and the vision that you have, it takes a lot of exactly what you do, this enthusiasm and confidence to motivate people to go down this path. But a lot of times what's in their way is themselves more often than not. But it's government. It's always some permission slip you didn't get. You didn't do it right. You're not you're not allowed. You didn't do it my way. You didn't use the right colors. I mean, you know, whatever the crap it is. So I want to talk about that. And then, of course, I want to get in how you select people that you work with. Somebody gives you money. All right, man, you know, this is the contract and we do whatever. But when you have your own facility, when you're having your home, who's your neighbors? Who do you allow to come in? Do they purchase? Do they rent from you? You know, is it, are they labor? How are they selected? What are the criteria for building a community? I've come to the idea that I don't want an intentional community. I want an unintentional community. I want to have, you get your land, you get, this is yours. You know, that yours is not mine, mine definitely not yours. Okay, then how does it evolve? Or do you have it on a plantation and everybody does what the, you know, homeowner association says? See, I don't know, you know, what the best for me. I'm like, no, this is definitely mine. I don't mind you having my neighbors, but then that's yours, not mine. I don't care. You sure as heck don't get to tell me what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. So this is kind of the mindset that we're talking. All right. You asked me to talk. That's me talking. So go ahead and comment on all the stuff that I just addressed. You know, I know you're building up a pressure. Go, man. <laughs> I love it. I just there's so many nuggets that I want to expose that you brought up there. The, the first one I'm going to talk to is the cost, right? It is the best investment I've ever made in my life. And I'm going to boil it down to one fruit tree installation. When you put, when you buy a fruit tree at a local nursery, you might get it in a 15 or 20 gallon pot for a pretty good sized fruit tree. You might spend 150 bucks to 200 bucks on that fruit tree. When you put that in the ground correctly with a guild around it, which is a community of plants that support each other. Hey, one man. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. 
Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. This hour of Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Let's talk about your positive experiences using Dash. Dash has transaction fees that are less than one cent. Dash transactions are instant, irreversible, and are protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Dash is the world's first decentralized autonomous organization. BitRefill allows for discounted purchases at national retailers. We want to thank Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use. Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. There are those that just want to be left alone and those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. We are continuing our conversation with Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com. You walk out your front door and you feed yourself year-round. No tilling, no planting. You have a guild of of, uh, plants around certain trees that support each other, and you just go pick up your food. This is going to be changing a lot of perspectives. Enjoy. I love it. I just there's so many nuggets that I want to expose that you brought up there. The the first one I'm going to talk to is the cost, right? It is the best investment I've ever made in my life and I'm going to boil it down to one fruit tree installation. When you put when you buy a fruit tree at a local nursery, you might get it in a 15 or 20 gallon pot for a pretty good sized fruit tree. You might spend 150 bucks to 200 bucks on that fruit tree. When you put that in the ground correctly with a guild around it, which is a community of plants that support each other. When you put the beneficial insect attractors and the nitrogen fixers and some comfrey for dynamic accumulation of nutrients and so on, and you build good soil and you put some compost tea on that, right? You might have a few hundred bucks into the installation, maybe even four or 500 bucks into the installation of a good sized fruit tree. Within one year, that fruit tree is going to 50% or double or even quadruple in size. Within one year, the asset that you purchased is going to be worth way more value, right? And if you start with a seed, it's even better. You start with a seed that costs you nothing. You could literally go to the grocery store right now and you could buy a bunch of fruits and veggies that you like with 20 bucks. You could then take those home. You could eat the fruits and veggies and you could take the seeds out of them and you could go online and you could create your own garden of Eden, your own food forest with your own resourcefulness with no extra fiat out of pocket. However, we all know that the U.S. dollar is scheduled to be destroyed and it has been being destroyed since well, since uh, to, to 1913 and 1971, Bretton Woods, all these things. It, the, the fiat currencies always fail because they're not attached to anything of significance. They are operated by the same systems, and we don't need to go into all that. Um, 
But what we're doing is we're showing people how exactly to compost the fiat. Fiat is crap. Crap makes good fertilizer. So let's turn that fiat into fertilizer that grows life exponentially, right? And I say exponentially, intentionally. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the apples in a single seed. Nature's design, God's design is exponential. I'm going to rip that saying off. We are meant. (laughs) You know, one thing you you said when you did your video, uh, I was watching Narcopoke, you know, uh, Richard Grove made sure I watched it. And uh, what was interesting, you kept saying fiat, fiat, fiat. And I'm like, is he for shredding dollar bills and putting them in the soil or something? I, yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. Cause I, I, I yeah, just, just, just shred the money, man. That's all it's good for anyway. You know, wallpaper <laughs> and bathrooms and feeding yeah. plants, you know, but the, um, uh, this yeah. is composting and so on that, that of, of course. And, and in Arizona, I, I plan on doing a lot of wood chipping because there's a lot of landscaping. There's a lot more green in downtown Phoenix than people realize because they irrigate everything. There's a lot of water there. They keep screaming that there's no water, but they got like 40 years of water. We're, we're fine. But the um, that's why agriculture is so prominent in Arizona, ranching and agriculture and mining, because you add water and freaking it grows. Well, I'm looking forward to learning about different plants because I've been in Central America and different other area, arid areas. And I go, woo, I want that tree for damn Skippy. And I'd like to have, and I'd like to have, like to have. Then we started finding out in Tucson, they had created a, a community seed library. It was one of the municipal libraries that people, because what they were looking for, what were the native plants that the natives ate? How did they survive in the desert? You know, we want to create a desert food forest kind of thing. So people would come in, they check out seeds, they grow, they create more, and they put back more than what they took out. You know, so it just kind of been building up over years, a lot of native seeds for doing this kind of thing. So I'm not really concerned about that ability. You know, this is, you know, we've kind of gone down the road on that. What I'm really concerned with, I'd like you to start to address, is the community itself the type of people, what you're doing with the people that are interested. You know, they're just students or you have residents, you have staff. How are they selected? What kind of rules do you live uh, under in a location? Because near Orlando there, is that a your permanent base? I mean, you got others around the world or is that your own? That's it. You know, describe it for us. Okay, well, first I want to address, and then I'll definitely get into community, which is incredibly important. Um, I want to address this idea and help create awareness around the permaculture principles. Catching and storing water in the land in your area is job one. Designing swales, which are ditches on contour. So when it rains that seven inches a year, that water goes into these swales and it slows down. It sinks and it spreads. Then when you put ground cover and canopy trees in there and all of the permaculture design guilds, now your water, your earth becomes literally a water battery. Your earth becomes your water storage, which you inferred or referred to earlier. And now when you bring the canopy up, 
and you create shade, then the trees become the source of the filtering and of the water storage. And there's a cycle that's created, right? A big tree in a rainforest will transpire like sweat over 400 gallons of water per day into the atmosphere, right? So when you create these little oases in a food forest and you store water, then they go exponential. They keep expanding. So the vision is to create these little hubs where maybe we have a, a deep well that sucks up the primary water 600, 800 feet down. And now you've got infinite water and now you create these water systems through food forest design, through permaculture design. Right. So to get to the community part of it, um, okay, before the you get to the community thing part, I've ever done, you, you mentioned you mentioned yeah. primary water and this is, uh, you know, a relatively yeah. new concept for me. Describe that when you talk about primary water, you're talking about what? So here's what I know, talking to some primary water experts who dig these wells all over the place. It is water that has never, or at least not for a long time, seen the light of day. It's deep water. And what I've heard from these fellas, and I believe them, that almost anywhere you can dig deep enough and you can hit primary water, right? Most of the time, it's a lot deeper than the standard 100 to 300 foot wells. You might go down twice that far, but then you've got an infinite supply of really good water, and this can be done all over the world. Um, one guy said that he's missed one out of 99 um, or one out of 100. He, he's basically got a 99% success rate on finding Yeah, no, you go about in Arizona, the primary water is like eight 900 feet or something. They start finding this out. That's a long freaking way. But, yeah. the, but the thing is, is that... It's a byproduct. Like, okay, real quick. They, when Michael Rupert, I think it was, came out about peak oil. He's got, oh, peak oil, we're peak oil. We're not going to have any yeah. oil anymore. And it's all done. While they were advocating for abiotic oil, which is just a byproduct of the heat and pressure of the crust and hydrocarbons coming up. It's not rotten dinosaurs. It's just part of the crust, you know, and they um, started finding out that old wells were just recharging. They go back, and it was oil's back. So I asked him, and I was interviewing one time, going, so how do you know that this peak oil, how do you, well, Saudi Arabian government sent me, and I go, oh, well, hell, then it must be true, you know. I go, you got a two-mile dipstick? I mean, you know, I, I need, I need, you know, how do you know? As well, because the government told me, well, that don't mean nothing to me. So then we find out the same kind of thing that, H2O, water, is a natural byproduct of the earth. It's heating, steam, moisture, oxygen, and hydrogen combining, doing hydrocarbons, water, whatever the heck. And it's, you go deep enough underneath the crust, there's an entire more water than the oceans. Where do you think that water goes from the ocean? You think it just stays there? I mean, you know what? So this is primary water. 900 feet away, but it's not forever. So when you have up on the plateaus where there's no real shallow water in northern Arizona on the plateaus, they don't have any water. So what communities do, they come together and they do a primary well. They'll go down deep, 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 and they all pitch in for that. Then they got water coming out their rear, and you're never going to be short. So if you do primary water, which I'm doing different stuff, but, man— 
It is water is not an issue probably almost anywhere on the planet. This is what they're finding out. Guess right. what? They them those don't yep. want us to know that. Okay, so this is now, of course, the potential to poison it or screw with it or mess with it and industry doing something with kind of whatever that 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 might be a concern. But to have water to do what you're talking about now that we check that off, what's the next problem? Community, in my mind. (laughs) Right. So the next. Yeah, it's community. It's and this is where I made some huge mistakes in my life. I built these commu- this community in Costa Rica. It's called Osa Mountain Village. It was written up in the New York Times. The first thing we did is buy a fruit tree nursery, and we started planting fruit trees all over the place. And I had just heard the word permaculture. I still was a, a rookie, very uh, unseasoned. So we're doing the best we could. And anyway, we were the most successful, the first or second most successful development in the country of Costa Rica in 2011 because we changed the narrative. Instead of selling these beach condos for everybody, we were selling kind of a preparedness village and a lot of people thought the world was gonna end in 2012. Well, the people that we attracted, a lot of them were of the socialist communist mindset. And we, I was living in this still kind of in the scarcity, kind of worried about the world energy field, right? And there's something real. In fact, I, I say this a lot, Tesla's quote, if anybody wants to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, right? And I'm going to change that a little bit because the word think is misplaced. If you want to experience The now, if you want to experience the secrets of God, the universe, then be present, then feel or experience the frequency, the energy, the vibration of this present moment, which I like to call God, right? Because I grew up with that terminology, experience the now. That's where the ideas are. That's where the creativity is. That's where the awareness needs to be to hear the messages that are coming all the time to see the links between things that are happening in our world. When we're present, we can experience and be aware and see when we're not, we simply can't. And that's what the job of governmente is. Govern means to manage, control or steer and mente means mind. The mind control is our adversary, is our opponent in this game of life. The governmente is the problem, you know, and thank you to Larkin Rose, who wrote the most uh, dangerous superstition, a fundamental book in our world today, is to understand how this belief in authority is wickedly wrong, right? In other words, we take away our response ability, our ability to respond to the truth, and we give that to an entity that is most definitely trying to destroy us with their military industrial complex and all the BS that they put on us, right? So anyway, a little tangent. But um, so what I did in my community is when somebody said, I'd like to buy here, I'd say, okay, bring your money, bring your energy, bring your love, and let's create a beautiful community together. And then 2012 came along. And two things happened in 2012. One is the Costa Rican government started to um, threaten us. Because of our success, they said, you give me $20,000 under the table, 
Now, this is a Costa Rican entity that is meant to protect the environment, right? And the head guy of that entity sent one of his henchmen to us and said, give us $20,000 or we will shut you down for environmental infractions. (laughs) Well, we, yeah, we considered it because it was scary. When the government, and this is, I was still very immature at the time, when the government comes up and says, give us 20 grand or we're going to shut you down. And knowing what that would mean to our development, it was scary. So I asked a bunch of people, I had a meeting and I said, what should we do? And I invited some seasoned people into this meeting and they said, here's what's going to happen. If you pay the 20 grand, then they'll allow you to keep doing what you're doing. By the way, we were doing good work. We were using less than 3% of our total land for roads and housing and infrastructure while putting permaculture all over the place. So we were actually enhancing the viability, the life of the land, right? So anyway, um, the other, then another friend said, if you pay them this time, they're going to come at you again whenever they want to. They might come at you again in six months. It might be a year, but they're going to come at you again because now you're a sucker and now you're part of the system. And so I went, oh, my God. And we said no. Well, here's the beauty of it. The guy from another entity called Menai or Menayet, who wrote the document, the original document to say where we could develop and where we couldn't. He became our primary witness in court. And the government, Satana, that was um, trying to extort money from us, <laughs> their head guy and two of their lawyers signed off on a fraudulent document. That they, In other words, they changed the lines, right? So our guy they who changed, wrote they the changed original the what? document. They changed the what? The lines, the lines on the map, on the topo oh. map. They changed the lines. Yeah. And they use that as one of their documents in court. Our guy who wrote the original document said, and, and he wasn't, he wasn't our guy. He worked for the government, right? But he worked for a different branch of the government. And he was a, an ethical guy. He said, this is wrong. Here's what I did. So the government, the, the court system had to, uh, well, we won. We won every round of that court case. But it helped me become aware of how wicked the government was. But they weren't nearly as wicked as the people in 2012 who started fighting over the election. Some of them were, um, who was even running back in 2012? Anyway, they started to fight right there in our, we had one restaurant in the community, which was normally a place of celebration and party and fun And everybody just had a blast, right? I used to go fishing, catch all these fish, and I would have fish fries about once a month where we just invite people. People would bring their little desserts and different things. It was paradise. And then the government got in with their election campaign. And this is so relevant because the next 13 months are going to be the most trying in the history of humanity. But we're going to interject our message into the campaign and guess what's going to happen in the next 13 months. And I'll get into details on this in the next 13 months, we're going to change the world. 
We are going to catalyze a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption of taking the poisons out of our lives. The primary poison that the government uses to control the mind of the slave, of the asset, is scarcity that leads to fear. Scarcity is the lie. Fear is the tool of the wicked. Fear is the tool of Satan, our adversary, our opponent in this game of life. So when we rise up our energy, our awareness to that of faith and courage, which is literally the frequency, the armor of God, then we rise above this narrative because this Jim Patrick Gale, this is a temporary experience, right? This is not real. This is the artificial. Ego is the artificial. We are connected to the omnipresence and omnipotence of all that is, of source, of God, right? So when we rise up, as Tesla referred to, then we cannot be touched at the spiritual level. And that is what it's going to take to win this epic war. And on the other side of this war is a mind free of programming, which is called what? It's called enlightenment or light mente. A light mente is a mind that is clear to the now and that is connected to the wisdom of the creator. And then what's going to happen as a result of that? The Garden of Eden, a place of infinite abundance, is literally our prize for winning the game. Yeah, but 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 who are you voting for? <laughs> you know. Oh this, man, this, this is you know. I'm like, okay, I gotta tell you this. Audience knows what I tell you. Every a good friend of mine was uh, really big in uh, the Ron Paul effort, and um, when Trump went down the escalator in 15 because he had read his book and his family had been in high rise steel construction. So they kind of, I don't know, knew the same Christmas party people or something. And he goes, now, don't be a hater, Ernie, but I want to come on every week and do the Trump report, which we've been doing for eight years every week. And I'm the whole time. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you're still voting. You're still voting. I'm going. This is so, so anti. I want to get your comment on that because the politics and like you're the corrupt politicians and whatever, you know, that dealing with it, which I, I know I'm going to have to contend with. And we're going to, you know, because I'm creative and I understand. So I don't get all worked up. That's why it's no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear. Because I agree with you. That is the mind killer. You know, that that's how you just know that you know, I got. 50 gazillion stories of I just choose not to be afraid. You know, a faith in God, you know, a faith in the great spirit, a faith in humanity, a faith in, you know, um, um, good intentions, a faith in will, a faith in faith in competence that creates confidence. That, I mean, I, humanity kicks ass. But, you know, there are those, they, them, those won't leave us alone that want to feed off of us, like you know the politics they are. You know this, 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 this. Um, you know it's just a parasites on humanity because we are such productive species of create enormous amounts of wealth. They want you afraid that you can't do it. What you're doing is demonstrating you don't need them. You need they them those to get the hell out of the way is what you need. 
but look at this poster child of somebody yes. that didn't do it right or his building fell over or is what who cares it's his man what do you care you know how is it you know, oh but we love you you know we love your teeth we we need you need a bunch of fluoride because uncle sam loves your teeth you know i'm going since when did i think uncle sam loves my teeth what, what do i care you really you think i think they care about my teeth no there's always something else so i'm looking at this one no fear going after it what kind of infrastructure do you have and suggestions and help for their local government problems you know the ordinances the laws the different states the rain catching i remember in denver they're going we're you're free you we we changed it you're free in denver now you're free because you can collect up to two rain barrels of water off your roof now you're free (laughs) eleutheromania the insatiable desire for freedom It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have... A difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network. We have a very special treat. Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com, is teaching us about declaring your independence from famine <laughs> to make sure you can sustain yourself easily. But it's also a state of mind. I'm very happy to share this program with you, Jim Gale. I think Uncle Sam loves my teeth. What, what do I care? You Really? You think I think they care about my teeth? No, there's always something else. So I'm looking at this, one, no fear, going after it. What kind of infrastructure do you have and suggestions and help for their local government problems? You know, the ordinances, the laws, the different states, the rain catching. I remember in Denver, yes. they're going, we're, yes. you're free. You, we, we changed it. You're free in Denver now. You're free because you can collect up to two rain barrels of water off your roof now. You're free. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, you guys are killing me, man. So it's this attitude. That's why the, the most enthusiasm I had to talk to you was this. Is that just no fear, yeah. just do it, you can be self-sufficient. 
but you're having to contend with what kind of regulation, government permit, building of the whatever, even in, I guarantee in Orlando, they're not totally leaving you alone. So what level of interface or when do you start going back at it? Do you use politics? Is there, you know, I have this candidate come speak to our people because he's going to leave me alone or whatever. So in the real politic, when you got the man coming after you on certain things, how do you deal with that? Oh, God, I'm so excited you said all that stuff, because guess what? They are leaving me alone, and I didn't get permits to build my family's lifetime home. They are leaving me alone because we are right and they are wrong. They are leaving me alone because we've got colonels and generals and awesome social media people all over the world, influencers all over the world that are shining a light on what we are doing. And we are very publicly declaring that we are not complying with any form of force and violence. We are not complying with government. What they will allow me to do if I follow their BS is they would allow me to poison the land. They would allow me to cut the land. They would allow me to put Roundup glyphosate on the land. In fact, they might even subsidize my use or of make killers. It. Yeah, as and your me, standard was a organic me. farmers in Oregon that we went up there, spent a few days, did shows and helped them because the county there were trying to make them use glyphosate because his neighboring farms have complained about what the crap. In the end, what happened is they backed off and they told them, they go, well, you used the Internet. That wasn't fair. <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> so, so this is, so, go ahead, they're leaving you alone why do you think? Are they waiting? Are you ready to pounce on okay. them? Oh, we're so ready because we have all the stats. The fact is that what they advocate and subsidize is killing our world. They don't want to fight with me because if they do, the light will be shined on the individual perpetrators of force and violence. And they don't want that light. They don't want people because we will call them out. I will not use the legal system. The legal is the undoing of natural law. Legal is the undoing of God's law, right? Our legal system is one of the fundamental aspects of our enslavement. What I will use is influencers. What I will use is the wrong word. What I will attract and inspire, what we are attracting and inspiring is a group of courageous people to come together to say, no, that's wrong. And you, sir, you, madam, are harming our world. And here's all the proof, the $11 billion that Monsanto has paid to, uh, to injured people for killing people. Right. It's not it's undeniable that the poisons kill the microbiome, kill the people, kill the water, kill everything. So what we're doing is we're very publicly declaring that we are not complying. And I was asked to be mayor of Orlando about three months ago or two months ago. Some really influential business folks and one guy who ran for mayor of Orange County who got 40,000 votes and probably actually won. But the machines said he didn't. Anyway, these guys sat me down. They said, Jim, we want to take you to lunch. They took me to lunch, and I laid out what a campaign would be that would change the world, which I will lay out for everybody here. And they said, we want you to be mayor. So I said, you know what? With that platform, with $1.4 billion, I'm a voluntarist, by the way. I'm an anarchist, 100%. And I will actually use that platform 
to demonstrate what I'm talking about. We will use the $1.4 billion annual budget and, and we will use it to put food forests in schools, which we've already done. We will use it to put food forests in prisons, schools? which we are doing. We, <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah we put a food forest in a local school. It's fantastic. No, no, no. We That was the first thing. I, and, I remember when your documents you were talking about, um, what was it, uh, Next Idea Schools, that was the first thing that we did. We went ahead and started putting uh, aquaponics in our kids, you know, Phoenix junior senior high uh, christian high school in phoenix you know that was the first thing that we advocated you know was going to the schools but the um uh using schools means that you're supporting that there's government schools i mean you know first i got to get the idea what you think about government education before we start getting how we're going to use it to you know oh it's horrible it's it's a it's a travesty. It's a tool of enslavement and indoctrination, right? So the I, I put it this way: I didn't imagine that I would be reelected if I was elected the first time, <laughs> <laughs> or make um, it to end office. It, and we're back for part D. Yeah, we had an interruption. I mean, this happens. I asked I asked uh, uh, Jim Gale if this has happened to him before. I go, you know, because this this is it. You know, this, you'll own nothing, here's your happy shot. I know what they're talking about. They're talking about this, the ability to grow your own food, get your own water, educate your own children, take care of your own medications. Oh, my goodness, you're going to be eat healthy and not need our chemicals? Well, can't have that. I mean, so then we started talking about the influence of government. You know, we, we want you to run for office. You, you, you're so pretty and you're so smart and they squeeze your arm and go, ooh, you must lift. And, you know, vanity, my favorite sin. I mean, it always comes in. Now, in Costa Rica, they just came up to him and said, let me explain it to you. It's going to cost you 20000 you know, this week to be able to, you know, that's just the way it works. Well, I'm going, okay, he comes to Merca, goes to Orlando. Doesn't get permits, doesn't bother you. Look, you're doing it wrong anyway. Don't be telling me how to do it. We're going to do it right now. They're coming. You know, you're so pretty. You should run for office. Well, then we go down that road. Then as we're talking about this very thing, getting yourself off of this government thing the, with the force and, and mal intent of government, and okay, we're going to protect us against the sociopaths, so they create this big entity, entity to control everybody. And who takes it over? The sociopaths. I mean, so it's just, it's just so dumb. Well, as we're getting into that, boom, transmission stops. You know, it's going. I'm going. Yeah, yeah, of course it did. Of course. It, so I asked Jim. I go, Jim, has this happened to you before? You know, tell me, tell us, has this kind of thing happened to you before? It is, this is the most censored idea. Now, so John Nolan, who has the Inspired channel, which is a fantastic channel, and he's had David Icke on multiple times and all sorts of other very influential people in our world. And he said, Jim, this is the most censored message that we have ever put out. Because Victor Hugo nailed it. He said, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. The idea um, of enlightenment, the idea of the Garden of Eden, the idea of self-reliance is the idea whose time has come because there's two things. There's self-reliance or government reliance. If we're going to bitch about the government while we rely on the government for our daily needs, 
That's insane. The first thing that we must do to earn our freedom is step up with faith and courage and let go of the fear. And then we must create abundance around us, abundance in the form of joy and service and love and food, water and energy and housing. And when we come together, the resourcefulness of humanity is infinite, right? Napoleon Hill, when he wrote, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, that's because we are connected to the mind of God. When we are present, when we are aware, when we are in service to this beautiful creation, we can create anything. It's infinite abundance. There's free energy everywhere when we start seeing it correctly. And that's why we need to get off of the government, the mind control. That's the first step. The mind control in the form of what? Fear? You know, a friendly yes, advice. Yes. The government, oh, you should do this and you shouldn't do that because you might hurt somebody or something shouldn't. And kind of. And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. Like government's friendly advice. No, it's all force, mandates, prevention. You're not allowed isms. And then if you want to do it, eh, that'll cost you. That's a permit. We got to do it all the same way. So when things go down, everybody suffers equally and we all be a family of misery. And I just... This is so we promoted decentralization. That's what our Pirates Without Borders, you know, was about. Yeah, if you go to pirateswithoutborders.com and the philosophy is there in there, the letters of Captain Mark and reprisal. You know, we have, you know, these uh, over a dozen letters that on many subjects, just so that we could articulate what you're talking about. Now, the one thing that I want to make sure that we, the people understand is that you have been doing this in Orlando without a single permission slip. Is that true? That's absolutely true. My property is in trust. I don't own it, and I am very happy. My bank account is in trust. I am following a process. Um, and, and by the way, I think the process is via. I, I don't think we should have to file any process except for a God's law to simply declare, I am not a slave and you have no authority right. over me. I think that is the ultimate process is to stand with faith and courage. And at the same time, I am experimenting and going through this other process of creating trust and turn and putting my assets into trust. Right. And uh, again, I think that's a temporary solution. I think going forward, we won't need to do that. We'll just declare with faith and courage everything we need. But that's the process I'm going Okay, through. let's go ahead and talk about that a little bit. One of the things that we did in the 90s in Arizona was a, a gun rights thing because it was clear when they created the Arizona Constitution that in the discussion and the minutes of the Constitutional Convention, they made it very clear what they meant when they had their like Second Amendment version in the Arizona Constitution. And so what we did is we made a little, you get a little barcode and a number or whatever. You go to Maricopa County Recorder's Office and we filed a declaration of intent to carry concealed. We go, this is our declaration. This is how we see the laws. Right? We don't care what you say. This is our declaration. Bite me. Now, the copy of that, it came with a little number that was referenced in the filing or something. We laminated that, made that a little card. And if anybody challenged us, which happened one time, uh, an officer goes, well, that's not a real one, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty. Well, as we challenged it up, we were going, man, we're going to challenge it. We want to see what's up. They dismissed it because they didn't want to play. But they made you go through the process. 
So I am like uh, a declaration of intent to be free. I'm doing my land. It's my land, not your land. Bite me. Then you get into... Um, uh, do you pay property taxes and what kind of liens they can put on it? And, you know, you're not doing this right. It's $1,000 a day because you're growing the wrong grass or something. I mean, you know, it's just whatever it is. If we do trust, then on the land, let's say we do 20 acres, and I'm willing to sacrifice a couple acres over here as to be the experiment of bite me, and then, you know, they do that, make a big deal out of it, but I still got the other land because I got a separate trust. If we do trust, is that going to, you know, it kind of protects you a little bit, I'm sure, but I, I'm with you, man. It's like, it sounds like paperwork. You know, I don't yeah. want paperwork. The only paperwork I want is to demonstrate to everybody it's mine. Mine, 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 not yours, mine. So that is the mindset. So I see that it's always about general public opinion. If yeah. you get the issue out there, which is what we do, which is what Occupy the Land is about, is the general public opinion of what Jim Gale said. Okay? So... Anyone starting this, as we go back to Arizona, we're starting this. We have some experience in trust and different things that we've done. But um, is that part of your service? Is that part of your education is how they acquire the land and the ownership of, of it in the beginning? Can it's, they go to you for that help? Well, they can come ask me. And then so what we do, we... Our entities have no hooks. We have no force and violence in any of our dealings. In other words, we don't have patents. We don't have non-competes. We don't have NDAs. Everything we do, it can be shared at, wildly with everybody who wants to share it. And we create a community of support system. So I don't know crap about how to create this whole trust thing and do all the legal work or the lawful work. But I do know the people who do. So if somebody comes to me and says, I want to do that, I'll introduce them to one of the several entities that we are collaborating with. Same with building soil. The same with filtering and purifying water. The same with creating off-grid energy systems and permaculture systems. We are a community of people that are coming together with a simple common mission. Let's be free. And let's enjoy life. And let's do good for people. Okay, what about private membership associated? We've done a bunch of shows on that. Everybody going on about that. What's your thought yeah. on that? I think it's it's a fantastic step in the right direction. And at the same time, there's only one thing that's going to earn us our freedom. And that's awareness of the choice. Choosing to be free at scale. When we achieve mass adoption, and how do we do this, by the way? And this is what I've been obsessed with. And when we're obsessed, we start figuring things out, right? Yeah. So here's how we do it. It's a three-step process. Step one is creating awareness around the idea whose time has come. And it's very simple. It's God's earth. It's nature. It's using natural systems. Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine. Let thy medicine be thy food. Yeah. All of the solutions to mass extinction, deforestation, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, hunger, and tyranny can be found in God's design, our natural system, right? So creating awareness around that will lead to people choosing wisely. So that's step one is the idea whose time has come. It's God's design nature. Step two is coming together as influencers. I'm going to be sending a message to um, Novak Djokovic later today. Um, Joe Rogan has received my stuff, at least his, his team has. 
Tucker Carlson saw one of my videos and says, phenomenal. I'm going to be meeting Rob Bobby Kennedy here in a month. I'm going to be sharing a stage with him. So when we come together as influencers with faith and courage and we tell our audiences, our the people that respect us, that are in our networks at scale, in a very coordinated, strategic and tactical way, when we share this information, then the people will choose wisely because right now they don't know they have a choice. In fact, the word choice is almost always misused because the word implies the awareness. But if there's not awareness, then there's not a choice, right? So we have to raise the awareness to create the ability to choose wisely. So step one is the idea is time has come. Step two is bringing together the influencers, the top influencers in all sorts of areas of this world, right? Musicians and athletes and artists and poets and songwriters and politicians, Right. And those are the ones I have the least confidence in, quite frankly. But that's that's okay. When we come together with Tucker and Joe Rogan leading the way in some ways. Right. Along with those other folks. And we call out. Here's the key. The corporations, the corporations. And I say corps for a reason that are almost all controlled by BlackRock. The S&P is 96 percent BlackRock and their computer Aladdin. When we call out through our influencer networks the corporations, and we invite them to sell compost tea instead of Roundup. I know how simple it sounds, but when we realize that this is the first domino in the path to freedom, when we tip that first domino and people are aware that these are poisons that are absolutely destroying our world. And by the way, even most of the Democrats agree that Roundup and glyphosate is bad. So now we just cross this aisle of insanity. Now we call out the corporations and we invite them in such a way, and here's how we do it, using neurolinguistics. I happen to have a master's, um, not through a college, but just through a bunch of classes in this science of neurolinguistics, right? When we call them out and we say, we will invite you Home Depot. We will invite you True Green. We will invite you corporations to sell, to clean out your vats of poisons that you're spraying on lawns all over the world or all over the United States. And by the way, did you know that True Green is owned by one of the oldest investment firms in the world that is partnered with none other than BlackRock? Of course they are, (laughs) right? When we call them to take their poisons out of their vats and clean them out real well and now put compost tea in them, when we call out Home Depot and say, take your glyphosate, you're round up off your shelves, Walmart, and start putting compost tea there, the people will hear the message. And that's the key. It's the people who are the answer to the problem. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what readers of freemansphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freemansphoenix.com are constantly provided the information that detail the real news between the lines of propaganda about government policies and the true relationship we all have with coercive governments. Learn the true condition of our economy, innovations and technological breakthroughs in energy, health, computer science, and space travel. Learn the truth well before it's admitted to in the lamestream media, the media that is so last century. Corporate media 
media has evolved into nothing more than distributors of government propaganda. But we now have a fantastic alternative. Freedomsphoenix.com provides constant news updates on the issues that affect our lives in the most important ways. Our liberty and our property are under constant attack. And Freedomsphoenix.com provides an understanding behind the propaganda while encouraging the participation of our readers. Join us at Freedomsphoenix.com. That's Freedoms with an S, Phoenix.com. Freedomsphoenix.com, where the revolution between the ears is already mature. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. We are continuing our conversation with Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com. You walk out your front door and you feed yourself year-round. No tilling, no planting. You have a guild of of, uh, plants around certain trees that support each other, and you just go pick up your food. This is going to be changing a lot of perspectives. Enjoy. It's the people who are the answer to the problem. Yeah, the, but they have a headwind. And the biggest headwind is just how susceptible they are to BS. And the BS is coming from, this is why I'm very supportive of uh, James Corbett documentaries. You know, Me it's too. just amazing that you want to know what's up. You know, you watch, uh, you know, Century of Enslavement, watch uh, the World War One Conspiracy, you know, the four-part series on Bill Gates, eugenics, uh, how and why big oil conquered the world. You know, that is one of the things. The petroleum industry is in pharmaceuticals. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's crude oil. They turn into every freaking chemical there ever was from nylon to, you know, some medicine you're taking. And then... They put all these chemicals on your food to make it grow faster, make more profit, get a little greener. Then we found out, you know, um, how they actually harvested the wheat when we went to Azure Standard in Oregon. They want you to put glyphosate on just a few days right before you harvest it because that dries it out. It kills it. It gets all the green so that you get more of a yield per acre of the grains. When they do that, they make more money, but then they put it, glyphosate, on right before they harvest it. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? No wonder Cheerios makes you know, freaking go nuts. So we have a, one of our grandsons has a skin kind of like an eczema. He's like six, seven years old, and he suffers from this. And I asked him, I go, what do you eat in the morning? What's your diet? 
He's a honey nut Cheerio guy. As soon as they stop that, problem solved. You know, I'm going, oh, my goodness. So this is, you have this full headwind from the oil industry that is there with the oil being used to make medicines, go on your food, to try and solve the problems from the food, to create the problems, you know, and uh, we're here to save you. And I just, this is a vicious cycle that has to be broken. But just like with the vaccine industry and all this stuff that we've been battling, you're up against a big headwind. And that you have to be able to understand and how you can contend with it and use their force against you like political judo against them. So this is a philosophical PR battle. There has to be awareness. There has to be confrontation. Controversy creates commitment. So this political, which is where I come in, I've been an activist. I've, you know, I, I, I want you to say it and make them say it. I want them to demonstrate, come out clearly what they're doing. Your experience in Orlando has been what? The only thing I get from you is that somebody, oh, you should be mayor, but you haven't had some shiny badge with a clipboard come and explain it to you? They just they just chose to leave you alone? Really? Well, two, two things come to mind. Uh, first thing is we have a lot of parties inviting our community in and helping the community grow food. In fact, we've got a community garden um, party happening right now. And it started 12 minutes ago in which we are creating a community garden on the outskirts of our gated community. And we're putting a sign up that says, if you want to start growing sweet potatoes, here's exactly how you do it. So we're because food security, if we're the only ones with food, that is not food security. (laughs) Food security is when our neighbors have food and maybe they're in their garden and they're wearing a sidearm. (laughs) Right. So there's something else you said, too. We are at war. This is the big one. This is what we're all here to do. Everybody listening is either completely aware or becoming aware that this is the war of the ages. And Sun Tzu, in his book, The Art of War, what is the first rule of war? Know thyself. Know thy enemy. Right? And so when we, and that's what I've been obsessed with, now joyfully obsessed with this, the self is key. Who are we? We are connected to the omnipresence and omnipotence of God. When we are present with faith and courage, that is the fundamental piece to winning this war. And then how do we inspire and empower the masses? And it, just what you said, it's through awareness of what's possible. And that's why we're building, by the way, these, what we call, we call them Freedom Farm Academies. In fact, Ernest, your place out there in Arizona We would love to talk to you about designing the elements of the Freedom Farm Academy into your landscape. And what does that mean? That means completely off-grid food, water, and energy. And that means also creating demonstration and education sites, turning your property into a nursery, a seed of abundance that will scale exponentially throughout your community. And that's what's happening at Gulf's Landing. We have so many starts, so many propagations, right? Just two years in, and we now have so much extra food growing that we can use that food to feed everybody over time. It's a matter of propagating those starts 
and putting them in the ground and then bringing the community together with courage to support each other. And by the way, the municipality, they sent their secretary, a really nice gal, to one of our parties and she loved it. They know exactly what we're doing. Now, fortunately, from from some divine guidance or maybe just pure luck, our municipality is kind of out in the country of in in um in Florida. And I think they're rooting for us. I think they know what's going on. Like a lot of people who work in the government, they're starting to become aware of what's going on. I mean, just ask my friend, uh, my friend, General Brigadier General Blaine Holt. He's completely aware of what's going on. Or my other friend, Doc Pete Chambers, the first doctor to become a Green Beret. He was vaccine injured and he was told by his superiors to vaccinate all of his people. And he said, no, I cannot do it. So the government people are starting to wake up as well, right? And they're starting to come aboard and we're starting to come together as a group. And that's what it's going to take to win this. Okay, let me go ahead and, you know, make this comment. I want to get your opinion on this. Florida, as I remember, is something like 67 counties. There is a lot. Like Arizona, you know, is this bigger, bigger state. And it's, um, you know, 13 or something like that. Um, Maybe 15. And you have um, the small counties, and I remember when I was in Florida, Pasco County was our county, and Orlando, you probably have a small county. What we saw happen after they did Rio de Janeiro and the Kyoto Environmental Earth Treaty of we're going to rule you through environmentalism, whatever, um, when they did that, that's when Daddy Bush did the you know New World Order speech in the early 90s, and... You could see that it, it pulled the trigger. And here they came, and they just overtook all of the positions in the county levels. We could see it happen. They were trying to get what they called regional government. They had it for a vote that we opposed and won by point nothing percent, you know, back in 96, I think, or 95. And in Arizona, so I could see what they were doing. And when this COVID thing came or even was threatening, I made a big deal out of it on the air, and I said, look, I can tell you what they're going to do. It's going to come at you from the county. It's going to be the health department, the food inspector, the building inspector, the land and environmental of we got a shiny badge and a clipboard and explain it to you at the county level. Because the county sheriff is like the highest ranking law enforcement. They get them on board. But all these bureaucrats are not elected. Maybe the county supervisors or commissioner, and they're just, they just, that's a test stage for them being a congressman. They just do what they're told. Well, the county sheriff is elected by the people, so that has a little bit more teeth a lot of times. So in your county where you're at, there has been no interaction with the county bureaucrat official or whatever, and that might be because in Florida the counties are so small that the same people that are supporting you at Orlando municipal level or around your community level is also the same level and closer to the people at the county level. So what is your evaluation of that information? Uh, My evaluation, based on the fact that we have four 
small houses already livable and, and people in them now, actually, they're full. We have an Airbnb system because our intention is to invite as many people as possible to come experience freedom and then go home to their homes and duplicate. So anyway, we have a, a fully operational like Airbnb little uh, Freedom Farm Academy. We also have five other large houses that are either done or almost done um, with construction. And we have not had anybody show up. And they know what's going on. We're right across the street from the sheriff's training session. The sheriff, they're looking at us every day. And we are demonstrating. Our, we fly under the civil peace flag. We um, have signs at the beginning of our property, multiple signs that say implied consent is not granted. It's revoked. Okay, now I want to talk about that. You have your peace uh, flag. That's cool. And then you showed in your video that sign at the entrance. And it's yes. about the size of a you know, speed limit sign or something, you know, and it says what? Explain this sign to us. It says it says any agent of the government or any agent must have express written permission to enter this property. And then it cites court law that says if you violate this, then you are personally going to be held liable and they're not showing up. They got a picture of your sign, though. <laughs> so I'm looking at um, replicating that. This has been in my mind, and I and I, you know, no fear, no fear, no fear. But you know, I am, you know, sometimes you get relatively concerned, you know, that yeah. you're going to do this battle. So that's one thing that um, we wanted to separate where we actually do the initial building and creating an infrastructure and so on, be its own separate trust deeded you know little lot and i still have the rest of it you know so that they're yeah. you know don't come in and try and take all of it did you do something like that or is it all under one trust my particular property is all under one trust along with my bank account and i tell you the day that i quit claimed it over and created that new bank account was a good day i felt very happy about that um and, and again, I don't think that's the ultimate solution. The ultimate solution is simply coming together and and shining a light on the truth in a way that inspires even the wicked, even the people who are currently advocating for the force and violence of government and poisons to step out of that. And that's why this is the Garden of Eden is the idea as time has come, because there's not one person out of a thousand visitors in the last six months there's not one person who ever left God's Landing and said, this sucks. You know, I am, it's always, you know, what the bleep do we know? You know, it's birds of a right. feather. It's, um, um, you start doing the right thing for the right reasons. And then everybody that knows everybody that's doing the same, you sound like this guy. You need to talk to that guy. You need, once begun, half done. I mean, it is just, we just went with the faith of no, this is how it should be. We're, we're just gonna because we're gonna. And the only uh, criticism is anybody that doesn't live in the Southwest, they don't know how, you know, it really works. But um, they're like, damn, Arizona? Well, my wife is from Pennsylvania. You know, I'm from Florida and Arizona. Uh, grew up, you know, all my adult life you know, since 12, you know, in Arizona. So I'm used to it. I know that it's only like three months between 10 in the morning and four in the afternoon, the sun anvil's beating the crap out of you. But the rest of the time, 
Arizona rocks, and I would rather be in 120 degrees in Arizona than the summer in Des Moines, Iowa. It was the worst summer I ever had. I was like, oh, my God, two weeks there, just the humidity about killed me. Houston sucks in the summer. So I am not that opposed to living in the Sonoran Desert. It is a lot. You got shade and water, you're good, you know. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of people, they look at that and they're going, Damn, why would you do, even pick that? Well, the biggest reason is where my family is. Four children, 12 grandkids. Guess where I'm living? That's just the way it is. So we're going to make it work. I would like to promote, because it is so different than what you're doing, but to demonstrate, um, we stay in touch, we work together a little bit, cross-promote, whatever, that we'll be doing something a little bit different. And... Uh, from aesthetics, it's going to be a lot different. The foliage may be different. You know, the different now fruit trees. You know, uh, citrus is big. Our uh, two acres we had in North Phoenix, where we went on the Love Bus Liberty tour, we had a bunch of grapefruit, orange. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, you got more than we can use all year." So, yeah. fruit trees are, you know, a definite possibility for a lot of different ones. We'll learn about that with your help. Thank you, and we have yeah. some other resources, but. The acquiring of the land, the philosophical advocacy of why we're doing it, how we're doing it, what and who is trying to stop us from doing it. That's where my expertise comes in. Major look. You want to know what's up? Oh, you want to play? Let's play. I want to play. Well, in your circumstances, it's been a couple of years. You haven't had to contend. Why do you think that is? Just supported the people, supported the concept. It would make them look like hypocrites. They uh, haven't figured out how they can you know, leverage it to their... Because somebody, somewhere, someplace, they're going to get a note from Big Pharma saying, you got to shut this Gale guy down because, damn, it's, cost to, it's starting to show up on our balance sheet as we're sitting around doing our uh, stockholder meeting in New York City of whatever the heck. So what do you think is in the future for you or you don't care? Several things are at play here. One is that we're at the end of the road. Uh, This is it. It's happening now. This is probably going to be the craziest winter that we've ever had. The next 13, 14 months will be a world changer. And it's time. It's simply time to do this. On top of that, our ultimate strategy is that of truth and transparency and service to our community. We are here to serve, and by the way, and here's the fun part, the more we serve, and you alluded to this earlier, the more we receive. So a service is actually selfish in a system of Thank abundance. Thank you. Right? Thank There's, you. My yes. wife, I, I got to say this. Thank you. Give me, I feel so much better. I was like, Jim said, Jim Gale said, because I go to my wife and I say, look, I, I see it's in my own self interest my own selfish interest yes to be an ad to the community i do this because one it makes you feel good which is another benefit you know oh my god i'm not a sociopath i have empathy i i, I feel better helping people seeing them happy smile content satisfied supplied secure that makes me feel better lucky it makes me feel better because then i want to do it more for my own selfish interest, because it makes oh. me feel better. I go, don't you feel that that 
is much more reliable um, motivation is that somebody feels good. They want to do acts of service because it makes them feel bad. No, you should just do it because you should do it because obligation, sacrifice to do it. And I'm like, what the crap is that? Where did that come from? Who, who made that up? You know, yep. that altruistic yep. mindset of somehow I'm not fulfilled unless I feel sacrificed, that I suffer. I'm not suffering. I don't it's suffer. Bad. I do what I want because I feel satisfaction and benefit from helping and expanding others' minds and capabilities. That Boom. is, thank you. I mean, you know, how far off am I? Uh, it's so in a system of abundance, then everything done with love and service creates more abundance for us as individuals. It's just it, the whole system is backwards, right? And you know, to give you some some context, how how deep I've been studying this thing um, from different perspectives, I I look at this. You know, I'm not a Bible scholar by any means whatsoever. In fact, I, I slept through most of it through my Catholic uh, high school years. But the bottom line is. There's something big going on, right? And I'll just use this, like the 666 thing, right? The the, the relative to the mark of the beast, right? Now, p- please do your own. I want everybody listening to just check this out and you tell me what's happening. Because I'm not saying exactly this is exactly what's happening. I'm just pointing out some facts. You, you look at the first, the Apple computer, this Apple in our hand. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil that has all the combined knowledge of humanity right there at your fingertips and it has an apple with a bite out of it the first apple computers were sold for 666 dollars and 66 cents microsoft took out a patent a few years back 2020 666 which has to do with human bodily activity and cryptocurrency literally turning us into batteries of some kind then you've got the trace bill tracing reaching and contacting everyone and this is HR 666 in Congress. And the number of that bill, of course, is 6666. So now you've got the law to enforce the patent of the mark of the beast. And then you've got this whole injection thing going on. And then you take carbon, which is the foundational block of life, right? Carbon is the, imagine the GI, right? Creates AI. Right, God's intelligence, omnipotent, omnipresent, present, creates an artificial. And the, the fundamental building block of the artificial is carbon. And how many neutrons, how many electrons, how many protons does carbon have? 6666. So there's something epic going on. And to rise out of this is simply to be in the present, the gift from God, to be here now and taking the messages as they come. The ideas, the light bulbs that goes off, the light mente. Right? So that's my little spiel on. Okay, let's talk about me. energy. Now, you got yes. plenty of water. You got like a 400 something acre pond lake out there that you created. That was an interesting thing. I'm When you call it sugar sand, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's this really fine white uh, silica quartz, whatever the heck it is, reef. Uh, coral baby parts or something but it's um it's just this really fine white sand that make great beaches but you ain't growing nothing the only thing that grows sand spurs you know but the um uh, which is like these sticker things are pain in the butt but the 
uh, you had this white sand that you augmented and added to and did, and then, of course, your pond. I'm interested in how you lined that to keep it uh, re- retaining the water. Did you line it with a pond liner or clay or well, something? Let me or- start. Let me start with the sugar sand. So we started with a flat 51-acre piece on a private 430-acre lake with a, a mile-long paved runway to our east. And we okay, wait, dug- wait, wait, wait. Why is that runway? You got a runway? I hear you got a mile-long runway. What the heck? How'd that happen? It's miraculous, dude. It's divine. There's no way to explain how things are coming together other than being thankful in the service of some creator. So anyway, we dug a 25-foot deep, four-acre pond. We used that material to build up the land by six, seven feet to keep it out of what could be like a 500-year flood, which happened last year, and we were high Oh, my God. Yeah, that cost more than $300. How much money did you spend on digging the pond and just leveling it up six, seven feet? Um, It was uh, about probably a quarter million well, that's less than I thought, but damn. Yeah. All right, all right, but, all right. But so here's the money. thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. And this is Brian, my partner, Brian Hickok, who is the one who named it Gault's Landing. He's the original developer, and I helped design and put together the whole deal. And so we, we were partners on it. But we started with dead sand. We started with sand that, on average, came from 10 feet underground. 18 months ago, our whole area was that sugar sand, that dead it's sand. It's a beach. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a beach. You, know, you, you built a food forest on a beach, literally a beach sand. I just want exactly. everybody to understand. I'm familiar with this sand. It's great sand. It's very fine. It kind of sticks to you and gets in everything. But it's uh, very comfortable to walk on. You go to a very nice, pristine uh, beach in Florida. God, that's it. And it has absolutely no nutrients in it. What? So ever, and if you can turn that into a food forest, you got skills. In eighteen months, and by the way, we got design principles, and the permaculture principles are global principles. They work in Arizona, they work in Poland, they work everywhere in the world, right? In somewhere like Alaska, you're going to count more on proteins than you are on the varieties, right? Although there's still quite a few varieties that grow in, in Alaska. So we started 18 months ago with the worst possible blank canvas. And now we've got a thriving food forest that stuns people to presence. I want to break free. I want to break free. I want to break free from your lies. You're so Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Tonight, let us make them remember. We are not afraid! 
Hancock on the Free Talk Live Network. We have a very special treat. Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com, is teaching us about declaring your independence from famine. <laughs> to make sure you can sustain yourself easily. But it's also a state of mind. I'm very happy to share this program with you, Jim Gale. In 18 months. And by the way, we got design principles. And the permaculture principles are global principles. They work in Arizona. They work in Poland. They work everywhere in the world, right? And somewhere like Alaska, you're going to count more on proteins than you are on the varieties, right? Although there's still quite a few varieties that grow in, in Alaska. So we started 18 months ago with the worst possible blank canvas. And now we've got a thriving food forest that stuns people to presence. It's beautiful. It's so exciting to see what's possible with nature when you stack in, when we build soil. Soil is really our ultimate tool for abundance. When we start building soil and, and stacking the elements, like we put compost tea, we have an analemma water system, we have... Um, we, we put Humigenics, Pat Militich's product in. Um, we put different layers of things in. And then the most important thing is just compost tea and worm castings and then putting the plants in that support each other, right? So in 18 months, by the way, and this is key, we've done zero maintenance on 99% of this food forest. The only thing we've maintained is we've trimmed the pathway to make it look and right along the pathway to make it look a little fancier. Everything else, we've completely let go. Now, normally, this would be a lawn, a lawn that you'd have to mow every week in this in Florida. And so the expense of the resources that go into lawns is insane. Instead, we now have food growing everywhere where I and I'm not a farmer and I don't ever want to be. Everything about farming is wrong. We can walk outside our property any time of year and we can have a basket of food within minutes. Now, I've the first exposure I had to this was a gentleman in New Hampshire that was very selective about the piece of property. He had to have, you know, the hills facing the right way in the south, you know, especially yeah. when you're in New Hampshire. That helps. And um, so what he did is uh, a pathway through the woods that he created a permaculture like what you're talking about. So eh, it's time for breakfast. Well, you got to, you know, like put on your slippers and walk out the front door and go through this path and you're done. So that is a great, especially in more sunny climes like Arizona and certainly Florida. Um, it is like, you know, food's growing freaking everywhere. You got your biggest problem is stopping it, you know? So if you select the right plants, how do you select plants for nutrition, for hardiness, for combination of supporting each other? So give me your food selection. What's your criteria? Uh, criteria is food that is already proven to grow well in our zone. And that's, that's how we start. We'd start with what food grows naturally in this agricultural zone. But then we love testing the edges. Like we're in 9B and we're not supposed to be able to grow a lot of types of mangoes and many other different fruits. But what we've done is we've created microclimates, water being an incredible heat sink. So we create these microclimates and we put the plants strategically located around these particular areas. And we had a 40 year freeze in December. 
where people that I know who have similar plants that were maybe a mile inland with no water, their plants froze. Our plants are thriving. They might have lost a bunch of leaves and foliage, but they bounced back because we had enough heat in the landscape itself to to stop the deep freeze from happening. Yeah. In Arizona, it gets down sometimes in the 20s, maybe even the teens, a couple of days a year. You know, out in the desert, it'll get cold. And uh, that will, you know, just limit a lot of things that you can do. Just those two days will, you know, take out, you know, a lot of stuff. So I'm interested in expanding the possibility of different fruits. Because you go to Central America and you go, wow, that's a beautiful plant. It, guy, I'd, I'd really like to have that and it produce like mangoes and stuff. I'm going. I think I could do that. Bananas, but you, you got to kind of plan for it. So I, I, I need some help with that. The, um, we've done stories. We also do an online magazine. We've done and we put a lot of growing things in. God, over a decade ago, we made a big deal out of a lot of this stuff with the uh, charts and growing seasons and times and angles for different stuff. Uh, what about power? You know, let's talk about your energy usage. How much solar or wind or alternative, whatever, savings of something? Are you going to count on the grid forever? Um, we are 100% off grid. We are, don't have any grid. We are 100% on solar with generator backups. And we are also collaborating with Aaron Murakami and the modern-day Teslas um, to put in systems that – um, they're not free energy. In fact, the whole thing about energy is all oh, a bunch of BS. Uh, when, and, and I'll give you an example. What they've done is they showed how when they can heat water, they can create a temperature differential that spins a gear, a generator. That then generator, the energy can be harvested to charge batteries or to light light bulbs. I was in Spokane, Washington, speaking at their event where they demonstrated these systems. So now you get a solar voltaic tube right? These black tubes, you run water through there and you can do this in Alaska on a sunny day when it's 20 below, you can run water and boil water through these tubes, right? You just need the sun. The sun is a free energy system and so is an apple tree. (laughs) So anyway, we're, they're coming in and they're installing these systems to demonstrate that we are not creating free energy that is against the laws of thermodynamics and entropy and inertia. They're simply using the current free energy systems, which are everywhere, in a way that they're meant to be used. One of the things that we came across that was uh, uh, got our attention is that your excess power that you're doing from your solar, because we plan on having a much larger solar array. We already have, God, six, seven kilowatts that we are uh, have already purchased. And I'm for, like, getting more and more and more. And all the equipment that we're using for the build that we were building up in Maine is electric and electric um, uh, hydraulics, you know, hydraulic pumps being run by electric motors because I didn't want to have to be dependent on diesel or fuel. So I'm going, well, heck, I, I'm Arizona, man. I don't have enough sun. You know, just get, you know, I need to have electric hydraulic pumps. Well, heck, there. Once I found that you can buy those and those work, we're all over it. Or Trommel, or you know, block press, or you know, all that is electric motors, hydraulic pumps. So I'm going okay. So I got solar. One of the things is in the desert in the winter, it's cold. 
I mean, it's cold. I like you know the Arcosanti is a big you know kind of a socialist uh, hippie commune tried to build something for decades and never goes anywhere because there's no you know individual ownership. But what happens is they I was talking to these people that live up there and they said we spend more of our time worrying about keeping warm than we do being cool. And I'm going, yep, I can see why. Freeze your butt off. So. We're going to be doing uh, mass eater rocket stoves. There is a some wood out in the desert, juniper trees, and everything. But I mean, you know, you're not getting trees. I mean, it's not going to maybe a rocket stove you can you know fuel off the land, but you know it's it's freaking desert. There's not a whole lot of wood laying around. So then yeah. you go, okay, how would I heat it? If you have an excess, which we plan on having excess, an excess of bad of uh, solar power. We have 40 kilowatts, which is good to get us started on battery power. But they heat big, giant areas like a pool size of sand that they're using induction heaters to heat the sand, like you're talking about. You can get it so hot, hotter than you can get water. Because water, you have to get it under pressure to get it over boiling 212 Fahrenheit. So you go, you do the sand. Well, you could heat through the winter a bunch of your your homes. You could boil. You can do all kinds of stuff with heat sinks. So I'm going, okay, there's that. Then there's, um, uh, of course, batteries. What kind of batteries are you using? Are you you using batteries? Yeah, we have standard, like, high-end solar batteries right now. We're doing lithium iron phosphate, which is for a lot of reasons, yeah. but the the technology keeps changing. You know, I I, I almost uh, regret buying so much when we went on this trip because I, I didn't know what was going to happen with supply chain and so on. I wanted all right, get the inverters, get the electrical panels, get the conduit, get the wiring, get the batteries, get the solar panels, get the racks, get the unistruts. Get so we got all that ready. I'm glad it's there, but if I had waited, I probably could have got everything. For twenty percent less, and I, you know, and now the solar panels are getting smaller with more production. So I'm just going. The technology is getting stupid cheap compared to what it was. I remember my friend; he worked at the nuclear power plant until he just retired at Palo Verde out there, and he moved out in the desert to be close. He didn't have to commute so far. And they wanted thirty thousand dollars for him to hook up to you know the power he was making, <laughs> and he goes, "Eh, I think I'll decline." So he cre- did all solar. Well, he paid up to eight dollars a watt. Now you can buy solar panels, everything. You get them in bulk for like you know forty cents a watt. I mean, it's just yep. it's amazing how cheap this stuff has gotten. And I've yep. seen the progression in his inverters, in his battery tech. He went from lead acid to nickel iron to now lithium iron phosphate. And it's just everything gets – and he's got a little, you know, 1,500-watt uh, you know, windmill because when it blows out there, you're all pissed off because you're working on trying and things are blowing – but if you're making power, eh, it's not so bad. Especially at night, it keeps your batteries charged overnight. So this is a bunch of capability here, and I'm yes. wondering how much power you're using. What do you rely more on? The generator, the solar generation, how much are you making? What's your storage capacity? Tell us about your energy. Well, so far, so my buddy Brian has massive amounts of solar panels because they also have two Tesla cars. And they charge everything, their cars, their house. And they, they love to keep the, the AC at like 70 degrees. And they have water fountains in the pond. So they have a, a massive amount. Um, I'm a, I don't have those cars and I don't have those needs. We have never had a, an outage at the tiny homes yet. 
um, because we've got enough solar panels, batteries, and inverters. And I don't know the actual number of watts that we have. Um, and it, and I'm not saying that it won't go out because it will. If it's cloudy for three days and we've got somebody that uses an excess of energy, maybe they hit the AC down to 70 degrees, then we will, our batteries will be depleted. But to date, it hasn't happened. Are they community so, batteries? Are you charging for the electricity? Yeah, you know, so the- yeah, every one of our battery systems is independent. So every home has an independent system. Um, that way, in case lightning hits or something happens, we don't. The whole system doesn't go down. Decentralization. Yep. Now, yep. you know, is there a, um, a mechanism or a possibility or thinking about having? the system be able to supply the system and they could make money on their array or something like that. We thought about that too. Yeah. All that stuff is possible. We our our thing is abundance. So we want to provide an abundance by putting together the right systems in the right ways and then showing other people how to do it. And by the way, that's what a freedom farm Academy is. Every one of these becomes like the decentralized supply center for all of the community. As Somebody comes to me and says, I want solar. Somebody comes to your place and says, I want to have that system. Great. Call my guy. Where right? I just created value by demonstrating and educating. Yep. And then I send them to somebody else and a commission comes my way <laughs> to the person who installs because of the value that I created. And the same thing goes for our water systems and our buildings and new energy world and all the different pieces of the puzzle that we are demonstrating become value adds for everybody. Okay. Real specific. I got a couple of questions before we wrap up, but I I want to make sure I get this in the sugar sand. What was the primary nutrient adding uh, thing that you did to that? Just take the, the lake dirt in the bottom and just put it on top of it. Did you mix it? Did you add any kind of what? So the first thing we did was we put mulch all over the whole property, right? We put by four inches of mulch. We started by paying a lot of money, like probably $15,000 to get these big semis to come and dump mulch. Then we got hooked up with the local tree trimming companies. And now they've dumped $15,000 a month for free because they just need somewhere to dump it. Right. Right. So that's the first thing. Boom. Yeah. Six inch. I plan on on the desert wherever I'm going to be doing any agriculture. At least six inches of wood chips while I'm building. It's going to be you know one to three years before I get done. You know I've just let the ground freaking perk for me, man. Knock yourself out. So Boom. this is um, yep. I'm with you, brother. All right. Now for the lake, did you pond line it? Did you seal it? Did you how, how'd you do the lake? I love it. So the lake, the 25 foot deep, three and a half, four acre pond. We um, it's a water table. So we dug the pond and then the water started coming up and it was brown, nasty water. So then we put in the right combination of plants. We put in duckweed, azola and water hyacinth. They are filter feeders. The water hyacinth grew at a rate that was exponential. It's illegal in the state of Florida to put water hyacinth in your car and transport it. That's how invasive that this plant is considered to be. But that's a lie. Water hyacinth is one of the most effective, hardworking plants there are. Within one year, the small patch of water hyacinth we put in, which took up about five square feet on the ground, like almost nothing, within one year, that had taken up almost probably an acre of the pond. And then it cleaned the pond. 
And we, then we took the water hyacinth out of the pond and we added 14,000 fish, sunnies, crappies, bass, catfish, mosquito, minnows, fatheads, and shiners. And now we created an ecosystem and the water hyacinth on the edge of the pond was a soil builder, right? And guess what? Here's the fun part. Now we're, we're, set, we're our second year in and the water hyacinth is not invasive. In fact, it's hardly expanding at all. So it, once it, do, it did its job, just like dandelions, once dandelions do their job, then they quit germinating. Same thing with all plants, all of this incredible design. Once it does its job, it will either continue to do its job, but it'll do its job in a more balanced way. In Florida as a kid, I remember a lot of this they were doing with uh, cattails, and you couldn't, like, stop them, you know. Uh, how's the cattail thing? Is that part of it or no? Um, uh, yes, we did put cattails, which are great resources. They're edible. There's a ton of resources to cattails. And yes, we did just, in fact, we just installed them about two weeks ago. And then, um, but there's no lining. What retains the water? Just a water table? Uh, uh, yeah, it's water table. Okay. Yeah. So this is, in Florida, a lot of people, I mean, oh, look. Let's go up the hill and coast down, Uncle, you know, Jimmy. You know, we want to go down the hill that, you know, is like a quarter mile of a low grade. of But mostly, Florida is flat. I mean, flat, 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 Texas flat, you know. So this is the contour, the terrain where we have is relatively flat, but I wanted to have some terrain. We went all the circumference around the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix. We went uh, over, God, hundreds of places over the last few years, Donna and I. She's a real estate agent, so she's able to, you know, schedule and do all this stuff. And finally, after a while, I go, look, you know, you know what I want. I'm, you know, not this because of that. You know, this would be great, but it's too much. This, you know, this, 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 this. Then she found this place. And I'm like, I went and looked. I go, oh, baby, you pegged it. Boom. This entire valley, we can take it to like 70 miles west of um, Phoenix out in the depth, but it's perfect. It's, you know, this is, here we go. And it's my closest neighbor. I have one neighbor that is like uh, half a mile away, and the rest of them are like a mile away. I mean, you know, it's we're out in the middle of. Well, the slope of it is just enough to create almost like a sluice they have five or six fingers that go across the property they're only like 10 inches deep and two three feet wide these washes that you can combine them and move them to divert water use french uh drains to do whatever you want and it already has the uh reason we're going to be using the soil up for our building hyper adobe bags because it's a perfect mixture of like 40 percent clay to fine sand it just did it automatically as an alluvial floodplain as the mountains eroded went over this property for thousands of years. And it's up against a wilderness area. I'll have no neighbors behind me for miles, you know, 100 miles. And then, you know, it, it's just so I, I really, really wanted this place. But the managing of the water is like a big thing. And I'm wondering, as you have... The, you created your own terrain, your own topography, your own slope. Did you go yeah. flat? Did you try and get to where you would manage the water different areas and how you did your drainage? Because the soil and the sand that you have there, and it's very perky. I mean, it just goes down. Uh, is similar to what we're dealing with. I'm wondering 
how you did it, why, and what your thought process was. Well, we use permaculture design because it's very complex, of course. It's nature, so it's infinitely complex. But using those permaculture design principles, they can be applied to any piece of land anywhere in the world. And the, the ethics and the principles are just fantastic. In fact, they also make a great business model. Um, we use the permaculture principles and ethics as our business template as well. So that's where I'd start. Anybody out there listening, there's not a blanket answer. There's not, there's no such thing as a, um, you know, every design we do is custom. It's all based on multiple different factors. So tell us about your infrastructure before you go. You know, we, we say, hey, man, we're, we're, you know, all right, hook me up. You, you had me at hello. Let's do it. So when you go in and you say, all right, we want to do this for these reasons, we get it. You know, rising food prices. You know, you want to get all the poisons out, GMOs, need not apply, pesticides. You want to have food security. And the solution is... Book now! Food forests are easy to maintain and produce. Grow your own permanent edible landscape through our design and installation services. Design and installation services. Tell me about it. Yes. So at foodforestabundance.com, we inspire and empower people to grow food. We exist to help people grow food. So then the next logical question is, how do we do that? Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, and the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis, and our very special guest, Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com. This has been a, a really interesting conversation, and one thing that I wanted to make sure you got exposed to was his enthusiasm, and the best part of the story is, you know, he went through you know, some self-realization of how government really works and doing the right thing and doing good for humanity isn't always supported. <laughs> and uh, he made himself a gazillionaire, had the resources to do this, went to Costa Rica trying to share with people. And then he discovered there you know, a lot of resistance you get from just people in general if they don't trust you or you're from there or don't know what you're doing or or yeah they it's always a government man you know and uh it was uh bribery they just came in they said hey you want to do what you're doing i said you got a thing going on a little something something from the home team here you know we need we need to grease the skids for you a little bit and um you just don't feel comfortable in a situation like that and uh the same things happen in the united states they just got you know, it's like corruption with a shiny tie. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a different way of doing it. But it's the same thing. It's curtailing the freedoms of the individuals to be able to benefit themselves, their friends, family, neighbors, community. This is, you just got to leave people alone. Leave me alone. And um, when you violate someone else's property, when you violate their individual rights, when you violate their pursuit of happiness, when you you know, curtail someone else's freedom, that's when I think a proper role of any government would be. In fact, that's what we were promised 
the Declaration of Independence. In fact, that's why this show is called Declare Your Independence. The reason was is because it described in the Declaration of Independence the only reason that you institute governments is the protection of individual rights. When it doesn't do that, it's time to alter or abolish. It's your right. It's your duty. Those are strong words, strong words. And I don't know anywhere it applies more than growing your own freaking food. Oh, my goodness. Growing your own food so you're not dependent. When things get really bad, what's the first thing that people are doing? You know, during the Depression, the hobos on the, the trains traveling the country looking for work and so on, they had little marks that they'd put on someone's uh, front drive, whether, you know, you could get a meal or not, or, you know, uh, uh, whether it was dangerous or not. Or what, I mean, there was a, a hobo culture, which now the morality of the people now is it's so... Not the same. I, I would think that there was ethics. There was a common sense of of um, uh, wanting to help your fellow man to the degree that you could. You're not obligated. It might be a good idea. And what Jim Gale has done is he's created such abundance that please come, you know, take it. You're hungry. You got stuff here for you. You know, don't worry about it. And you know, you have community markets, you have uh, community involvement, you get the community. And what he experienced was that, you know, hey, we need you to run for mayor <laughs> of Orlando. Well, this has been um, a real treat, and I can see why uh, a lot of my friends and associates and fellow talk show hosts, they, they, I, I've been hearing about them for months, and it was like three prominent people, you know, uh, for the show and in my life that within, God, four days, you know, it was less than a week. It was like, man, you got to get your, okay, okay, well, dang, I get, we'll, we'll be getting the boy on. So I can see why. And I understood what I did not know was that he hadn't sought any permits. He put a sign up front, said, you know, government man need not, you know, come around and put the American peace flag on. And because, uh, you know, he was stating that America recognizes three flags, the Admiralty, Admiralty flag, which is, um, I don't know, you know, maritime flag with the gold fringe kind of stuff. You know, a lot of the uh, sovereign citizen patriots going on about, which has some, you know, lineage. I've done a lot of shows on this stuff, and uh, it is very interesting. Maybe we'll present one to you uh, on these kinds of issues. And then there's the war flag, which is the one that we normally, with the ones there, you know, have at the front of the line. And then, or at the base, you know, and then there's the peace flag, which, um, as I remember, it is a white instead of the blue field with blue stars instead of white. And I can't remember, but I think the uh, red and white stripes are vertical as opposed to horizontal. But this is what he chose to represent. Merca at peace. Hey, I'm at peace. But, you know, I'm... You don't got a warrant? You don't got a tank? <laughs> you need not come by. Because we're doing the right thing with confidence. Just with confidence. We're doing the right thing. Well, I got a shiny badge and a clipboard and an always available gun to tell you you didn't get permission to do the right thing. This is a battle that has to be waged. This is people with the confidence and the competence. Competence in certain things and actually 
doing things, understanding history, understanding the importance of food, how to raise it ethically for the community, being a good neighbor, that gives you confidence. Because is the government coming out telling you not to do it? Are they the good guys? You know, so I'm 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 was very impressed with his mindset and his attitude, but he has gone through some problems. You know, he's confronted people with power and influence and you know, always available gun, it always turns out, and um he's made decisions. Well one of those was come back to America. So he's in Orlando, he's doing this and been a couple of years, and so far, you know, he's been left alone. So it gives a lot of us encouragement, which is why I think people like this often get targeted. You're an inspiration. I've seen this many times before with people that are, you know, tax, tax truth. You know, the what the law really says and what, the, you know, what it is is when somebody puts a gun in your face, that's what it winds up being. But the they don't go after the individuals that practice their freedom oftentimes. That's not, you know, who they target. It's the ones advocating, teaching other people to do it. That's who they go after. And it may not be right away. It may not be in a couple of years, but soon and for the rest of their life. So this is why it's important for you have leadership. I mean, real leadership. You know, someone that, that leads, doesn't follow, leads. You know, blazes the trail, the tip of the spear. This is why it's so important to be a supporter of that. There was a viral video years ago that went on about how there's the first guy out there dancing on the hill at some, you know, music festival out on the hill and he's, you know, dancing, kind of having a good time. And, you know, and the discussion was about, you know, well, when does that become a movement? You got the, the lone nut out there. It's the second guy. It's the third guy. The ones that go, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'll go out there, you know, uh, be the fool with this fool, and because I'm supporting what they're doing. That's what we try and do. We have been, you know, a lot of times we're on the edge, you know, that, that's common. But, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of the shows are about being the second guy supporting the guy that's out front. You know, saying, look at this. Look, 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 look. That's, you know, a very important part. Maybe you can be the second, third, fourth, fifteenth, hundredth guy. You know, the, the the woman that is supportive of friends, families, neighbors, a cause. This is going to be extremely important as we go into the future. It's about food. But more than that, it's about the freedom to grow your own food. Let's finish up with Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com. So tell us about your infrastructure before you go. You know, we, we say, hey, man. We're, we're, you know, all right, hook me up. You, you had me at hello. Let's do it. So when you go in and you say, all right, we want to do this for these reasons, we get it. You know, rising food prices. You know, you want to get all the poisons out. GMOs need not apply. Pesticides. You have food security. And the solution is book now. Food forests are easy to maintain and produce. Grow your own permanent edible landscape through our design and installation services design and installation services tell me about it yes so at foodforestabundance.com we inspire and empower people to grow food we exist to help people grow food so then the next logical question is how do we do that we start with 
helping people become aware of what's possible. So anybody can call us up and they can start with a 30 minute free consultation with one of our professional permaculture designers and our jobs, their jobs are to just help you get started. Whether you want to use the design service or not, we're here to help you get started. Then if you want to install it yourself, once the design is done, which by the way is a very thorough blueprint that that shows every different aspect of layers and the different plants and the guilds and everything. So if you want to do it yourself, you can do it yourself, or we may have a designer or an installer, I mean, in your area that can actually do the installation. And we also invite anybody who wants to participate to, if you want to be a designer, if you want to be an installer, if you want to simply own a Freedom Farm Academy that's an off-grid homestead that helps your community, that's what we do. We help design those into the world. So you have classes also, or sessions, or online, or you talk about opportunities for people to go learn, meet, touchy-feely. Yes. So, in fact, we have perma blitzes coming up all over the place. We're putting up these Freedom Farm Academies in uh, Thailand, and I believe very soon in multiple places in Africa, and Canada, and the United States. And we are doing perma blitzes where people can come and they can help the installation of these. In fact, one is at a food bank. This amazing woman named Robin, she has gotten many millions of dollars. She has a, a significant food bank in Texas. We are designing her land, which is currently grass, to be a Freedom Farm Academy, a food production system, where not only will she be able to give food, but she'll be able to teach her community how to grow their own food and be a supplier of that food. So anybody who wants to invest fiat and turn it into food in any way whatsoever, we are here to inspire you to be part of this mission of creating creating freedom and abundance on a global scale. All right, let's talk about the personalities and character traits of people, you know, you associate with and you, and it's developed into what? The hippie commune? Is it hippie, hippie ah, weather people? Is it, you know, anarchist, freedom, sovereign, citizen, you know, patriotic America, whatever. I mean, you know, kind of give me the the type of people that we would be associating with. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Ernest. So what I learned the hard way in, when I've created these communities is that there's some rotten apples out there. People yep. that are just wicked in their thought and in their deeds. And so I use the term freedom out there a lot. I'm also very public about my declarations um, of not loving the government, right? Not appreciating them, knowing that they're the enemy. So with that said, um, we attract people who are into what we're into. We attract the ethical, right? In fact, I've got more good friends over the last three years than I've had my entire life because somehow we are rising up and attracting the right people. And so I, in, in fact, we have a couple of people that, that left us because of our use of the word freedom. And I say good luck and good riddance. Right. Because if they're scared of that word, then we don't, we're not aligned. How is the, you know, especially in the residential area, this is one of the things that is of interest to me. Um, during the Ron Paul Evolution years, they, well, a lot of people. We got to have an intentional, intentional go be intentional community, intentional. And Ernie, you could you could be this and speak every night and do like, what you think I want to do that? And you know, I don't care. The um, 
it it was all about we got to come together and go and move out to do. And I'm going, yeah, but do you want me as a neighbor? Are you sure? I mean, do you know? And I'm going, um, and that your your ten year old kid over there seems kind of rambunctious and cute and cool now, right up until he's fifteen and gets a two stroke dirt bike. Then maybe he's not so pleasant anymore. You know. Yeah. So how do you manage the peace and tranquility and everybody get alongisms? You know, as you have community property, tragedy of the commons. You know, this is mine, not yours. Mine. How you know? What it for me, the ideal. I lived in uh, a community. It was called uh, Sunburst Farms. That had two acre lots. There were usually at least two acres, and some people doubled up. But these two acre lots, they had enough room for their cows, goats, chickens, sheep, horses. A lot of horses had a alleyway. They had a common irrigation system every two weeks you flooded six inches on your lawn so i had 70 foot pine trees i mean you know a bunch of uh citrus and so on so and lawn i mean you know kids playing out whatever two acres was enough that kept the distance between me and my neighbors enough that if i had you know it's a late night 11 o'clock at night music concert jordan page come play and do a thing or whatever it was it was cool, you know. Everybody's invited, you know. It wasn't too crowded or on top of each other. Less than that, and it starts getting a little bit. You're interfering with somebody else's pursuit of happiness. So I'm wondering what size of private area you think you need for families as they grow. As you got a 17 year old teenage boy and a muscle car. I mean, you have you have to be able to contend with these variations in you know uh, disturbance of the peace thing. How do you do that? Well, so there's a, a, a concept called the Kins Domain, and it comes from a book series called The Ringing Cedars. And they have one hectare of land, which is about two and a half acres of land. And on two and a half acres, you could create a family homestead that just continues to stay in the family forever, yeah. for generations. You create everything needed on that two and a half acres, and you can have easily a good family of 15 to 20 people living there in harmony with each other and with nature. Um, one of my favorite developers, his name is Tag, and he is now crushing it, buying huge tracts of land and then selling them off in these communities. And his one stipulation is there is no HOA and he's crushing it. Right. Another one is Axe Day Real, which is a decentralized um, real estate um, entity that they're just crushing it as well, using similar models. Right. Taking the HOA mentality out of this and going back to shaking hands and talking face to face with people when we have issues. Right. But how do you deal with that? OK, this is I give you a good example. Ernie, we need you to come. There's all kinds of things in Texas. There's all kinds of stuff around the country. You know, everybody wants us to play. You know, certainly New Hampshire, the Free State Project. We got a lot of friends up there that we spend time with. And I like Donna's like, no, no, it it freaking snows here. We're going to Arizona. Yeah, but I just want it for the summer. No, you can't. You know, so I'm like, all right, whatever. So we're going to Arizona. But the thing is, is that when they want us to come, and I I always have, when I do any presentations or give, you know, speeches and so on, different events, like we got one going to here in a little bit. And I ask three questions. 
you know, this is, you know, John Bush and Derek Bros are friends and they doing their stuff and they're really pushing and I have them on and we talk about it. I go, ah, you got to answer three questions. And I ask these to you. One, what do I have to do? What's required of me? Well, you come live here, you got to fill in the blank, whatever it is. Two, what can't I do? Oh, you definitely can't do that. You know, we don't want no hogs on our community of whatever the heck. You can't do that. Well, I was kind of hoping I could do that. You know, I wanted to. So what do I have to do? What can't I do? And the third question is, what is your conflict resolution? So before we go, we'll end it on this. Answer those three questions. What do I have to do? What can't I do? What's your conflict resolution? Well, I believe in property ownership where I have the right to do anything I want that does not cause harm on my own property, um, and that does not cause harm to anybody else on my own property. Yeah, you got to find that. <laughs> yep. That's what TAG success is all about as well. Our, we follow the permaculture principles, earth care, people care, and, and reinvesting the surplus in a way that does good. And we haven't had any issues. You know, Brian and I are a couple years in and we've had issues, but not really. We simply talk. And when we talk, Brian says, OK, here's how I see it. I say, OK, here's how I see it. And then we come to a, a great resolution every single time. Right. And that's why the legal, the undoing of natural law or God's law is in the way of direct conversation. Right. And if there ever needs to be, then we'll bring in one of our, you know, friends or wives and say, Hey, what do you think about this? That hasn't happened yet. Not that it won't. It probably will because we're people, but we just keep it really people to people is, is our solution on that. That, you know, that selection process is, um, interesting for me because you have the right kind of minded people. I'm sure we would get along fine. We'd work it out. And, you know, the biggest, best advice I got from a good friend, Bobby says, you know, his life is just so even keel. He's a, you know, that very opinionated dude does a lot of things, but he just, you know, in the old days when we were younger, his ex-girlfriends, they live with him. They move out. He's got, you know, different things going on all this trauma and drama in his life. And he goes, ah, you don't sweat the cheap shit. You know, that was his yeah. that was his advice. You just don't sweat the, the crap that builds up in some people's minds. They go all caring on you and you're all oh, you got you're standing next to my property line and your viruses of COVID is wafting over into my you don't have a mask on. You know, yeah, yep. then what? So you gotta be selective in these people and then someone that comes in is perfectly great, then he gets married to, you know, Karen, you know, then what? So this is why I'm so adamant about it. I don't want to live in an intentional community that doesn't have property lines that's mine. Well-defined, this line right here, mine, mine, not yours, mine. And I get to do whatever, as long as I'm not violating your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness, your property. I, you know, as long as rule one, don't be a dick, Okay. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And rule two is see rule one. So this is selecting those people or attracting those kinds of people certainly work initially. And I'm very interested in how this evolves because the best way to manage this kind of thing is shunning. It's just, you know, 
I don't help you. We ignore you. You'd go be you over there, and, you know, you didn't get invited to the barn raising or something, which you're perfectly happy because you didn't want to help anybody. Anyway, so this is it's the selection process, or is it self-selection? Because your criteria for somebody to come and build on that property is what? They got money? Well, no, I will not. Our, our, this idea of stating who we are so clearly has attracted the right people. Also, if somebody crazy comes up, we're not going to sell to anybody right away. In fact, we're sold out, so it's we're past that. Um, but I've I've made the mistake of selling to the wrong people before, and it's a doozy. Uh, and by the way, brother, I've got to go. We've got a community gardening planting thing, which I'm the one that. I put it together. Yeah, no, no, Sorry, no. I'll loose. let you go. This is, we got everything. We could talk all day, but I, I'm really, you answered you know, a lot of my questions. I'm kind of, yeah, you know, I get it. And uh, we'll be working together. Let's plan on uh, communicating again, because I definitely want to make sure you're part of the process of what we're doing in Arizona. Would you be open to that? Oh, I would not be open. I would love to be part of the process. And we can serve you. We've got so many layers of support that I I think we can really help you. I think so, too. Jim Gale, foodforestabundance.com. I am very glad that we made your acquaintance, and we're on the same path, man. It's just different water uh, rainfall level. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Ernest. Thanks for your history and commitment to everything we're doing. And yes, let's change the world. Changing the world. No fear. No Woo! fear. Jim Gale. Peace. You can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com